0: Hey guys, let's go and open up our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter number 15. Last time we were together, we looked at verses basically 1 through 14. And just a little bit of review there. Verses 1 and 2, uh, the Lord takes on the traditions of the elders. and An official uh, delegation had been sent to evaluate Jesus. And they began to question Him, why His disciples... Did not wash their hands before they ate uh, this was not commanded in the law but in the tradition of the elders and then uh, he answered and said to them why do you transgress the commandment of god by your tradition so he nails them on it he says this is law this is your tradition so uh, he's uh, taken a shot at them uh, we talked about how the talmud by the way is the body of jewish civil and ceremonial law and legend comp, uh, comprising of the Mishnah and the Gemara so this was the tradition of the elders not the law and of course in verse number four Jesus said for God commanded saying honor your father and mother and he that curseth his father father his mother let him die the death but you guys say if I shall say to my father my mother is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me and honor not your mother and your father you shall be free Thus, you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your traditions. I mean, the law said, honor your mother and your father, that your days may be long upon the earth. But you guys think just because you 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 uh, you can deny your parents that and you can uh, whosoever shall say to his father and mother, it's a gift whatsoever thou mightest be, have been profited by me. In other words, I've already given it to some to the Lord or given it to the temple. He's saying, you know, you've made of none effect the law just to honor your tradition. So what's more important? The law or your tradition? Obviously, your tradition has become more important. And of course, we see that a lot in the church today. I've pastored churches. I've watched people get all upset when you move the podium or when you move the organ. Or <clears throat> it just seems like anything that's in the old churches that has a brass plaque on it, um, <clears throat> you can't move those things. It's actually blasphemous. I've tried to reorganize services. I've moved offerings from the beginning to the end. I mean, actually had people leave (laughs) the church over things like that. Again, none of that's in the scripture. You honor your tradition more than you do the law of God. And we do that today, you know, and every generation has it. Even the young people, you know, they get into rituals, they get into cliques, they get into, you know, that's the way we've always done it. We all do that. It's cyclical. It always happens. Um, and then verse 7 he says you're hypocrites and well did Isaiah prophesy of you concerning this people draws unto me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me in other words what's coming out of their mouth doesn't align with what's in their hearts Uh, but in vain are they worshipping me why because they're teaching the doctrines um, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men in other words they're teaching things that that aren't even out of my word. So the Lord is soundly condemning their their uh, tradition in that it had taken supremacy over the law. Um, <clears throat> in in so doing, he quotes from Isaiah twenty nine thirteen, where it says, "Inasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouths and they honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught." by the commandment of men. And then in verse number 10, he, he uh, what do you call it? He uh, diagnoses the problem. It's your heart. And he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand. It is not that which goeth into the mouth that defiles the man, but it is that that comes out of the mouth that defiles the man. In other words, Jesus is saying uh, he's taking an opportunity to teach a lesson on religious externalism. He is basically saying it's not what goes in the man that makes him unclean, but it's what comes out of the man that makes him unclean. Luke 6.45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mind speaks. So in other words, it's not that's going in the man that makes him unclean. It's the unclean heart that is on the inside of the man. It's what comes out of the man that simply shows you that he is unclean. So the issue is a heart problem. The issue is an internal problem, not an external problem. And we tend to focus on the external. We tend to look at how, how we look on the outside. But the outside doesn't make you righteous. The outside doesn't make you right before God. Now certainly it's an indicator, and we can take that to the extreme. I think you need to walk like, talk like, think like, look like a Christian, and we live in a world today where nobody wants to do that, but they still want to claim they're Christians. You know, I got my dithers with that. And then he says in verse number twelve, then came the disciples, and then uh, then came the disciples and said to him, "Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended?" <laughs> I mean, don't you realize, newsflash, Jesus, that you have offended these guys? Um, Hey, Jesus, man, we're never going to grow a church if you don't stop offending these people. (laughs) I think Jesus offended a lot of people. You know, the Bible says that many left from following him many walked away. They found these sayings too hard and they just left. And you know what? I never see Jesus going to get them. I never see Jesus chasing them down, trying to bring them back. And I can tell you one thing, after being years in ministry, it's a waste of time. Let them go. Love on them, pray on them, but let them go. You know, God hasn't called them to to take that next step with you. Maybe the Lord had them there just for that season and that's fine they got what they came to get and if they didn't that's between them and God but let them go and I have found the hard way the worst thing you can do is go and run these people down and bring them back um, just let them go and I'm not being mean I'm just saying that based on experience now verse number 15 then answered Peter and said unto him declaring unto us this parable and Jesus said are ye also without understanding do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out in the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they are that that defiles the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands, that's not going to defile a man. Remember, the whole thing that started this conversation was the religious leader said, your disciples are not washing their hands. And Jesus' whole response is, it's not unwashing hands that make them dirty. It's what's coming out from the inside. And what's interesting here is, even though our Lord was not speaking in a parable, the disciples asked him to explain it. Now, they obviously did not understand what he was trying to say, or maybe they were simply overthinking it, which we do a lot, or they were maybe looking for some kind of hidden meaning in what Jesus was saying. And this is obvious because our Lord, in response to their question, says, Are ye also yet without understanding? I mean, you don't understand what I just told you? Really? It is what comes out of the mouth via the heart that defiles the man and not what goes in through the mouth that defiles the man, our Lord says. Our Lord is simply saying then that just as then, just as now, we tend to spend far too much time focusing on what goes in the mouth instead of what comes out of the mouth because what comes out is a reflection of the heart. He had just said in verse number 11, It is not that which goeth into the mouth that defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth. That is what defiles the man. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they are what defile the man. So the bottom line is that we put in whatever we put in comes out. Trash in, trash out. You know, Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, what our Lord is saying here, He's saying it's not having unwashed hands. It's, it's not being dressed up the right way. It's not wearing the, the, the right clothes. It's what comes from the, from the inside that makes a man corrupt what comes from the inside that makes a man evil and i and i think we have to be careful that we understand that we need to be very careful with what we do put into ourselves because what comes goes in does come out now there's a lot of things that come in through my five senses and many of those things are not healthy I see things inadvertently or on purpose, but the question is, how are those things going to come out in my life? That determines my heart. That determines the thoughts and the intents of my heart. Those things that come out are really a more of an indicator of who I am and where I am with my Lord. You understand? It's not the outside things that are a sign of what's going on in my heart. It's the inside that comes out that is an indicator of my heart. If we live in the Spirit, we will also walk in the Spirit. So don't be so concerned with the externals. Be worried about what God is doing on the inside. And again, we can't control a lot of the external. I mean, we live in a fallen, sinful world. And we see things all the time that are defiling. But the question is, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to take them in and meditate them on meditate upon them, and then they end up coming out in your life? Or are you just going to focus on that which is noble, that which is good, that which is trustworthy? <laughs> and that's going to come out in your life. Don't focus on the externals. Work, concentrate on what God is doing in your life. <clears> hmm. <throat> Let's open our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 15. Matthew chapter number 15. And uh, last uh, couple studies we've been talking about, then came Jesus, then came to Jesus the scribes and the Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. In other words, your disciples, now they're not quoting law, they're quoting the traditions of the elders that said they needed to wash their hands. And that's when the Lord snaps back and says, Well, why do you transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? Now, the Lord is gonna take a shot at them. He's not gonna deal with the hand washing thing, which is also tradition, but he's gonna take it a step further, and in verse three or four, he says, For God said, honor your father and your mother, and he that curses his father and his mother, let him die the death. But you turn around and say, whosoever shall say to his father and mother, whatever I had to give you, whatever inheritance I had, um, it's a gift. In other words, I've already given it away by whatsoever you might have been profited by me. And the Lord says, where do you get that? because you're condemning my disciples for not washing their hands which is your tradition not law but you on the other hand you are violating the law by giving what should have been taken care of your parents away and denying my commandment to honor your mother and your father that your days may be long upon the earth how about that you're transgressing. you're transgressing the law of god not the tradition of the elders. So in other words, you're extolling the tradition of the elders over the commandments of God. So the Lord just you know, come back and He rebuked them. And He said, And honor not His mother mother and His father. He shall be free. Thus you've turned around and made the commandment of God of none effect by your traditions. You're a bunch of hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you you people, you guys draw nigh unto me with your mouth. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And he says, in vain you worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men that aren't even found in the scriptures. You honor me. Notice he says, you, you draw near me with your mouth. In other words, you give me lip service, but you don't give me life. You talk a good game, but you don't walk a good walk. How many of us does that describe sometimes? How many does that describe in the church today? I mean, they kind of, they give God lip service, but they're not giving God life service. And then he says, and he called the multitudes together unto him, and he said, hear and understand. You know what? It's not that that goes into the mouth of the man. And, of course, he's talking about food here because um, he they had just accused his disciples not washing their hands before they ate. And he says, it's not that that goes into the mouth of a man that defiles him, it's that that comes out of his mouth that defiles him. Why? Because what comes out of the mouth is an indicator of what's on the inside, what's in the heart. And then his disciples came unto him and saying, "Uh, knowest thou not that the Pharisees were offended at what you just said? So, so Peter, you know, trying to make sure Jesus is aware that uh, he's kind of wounding the church growth movement says, you know, you've just offended everybody. We're, n- we're never going to get this church off the ground, um, which I don't believe Jesus was talking about the church of Christ, the body of Christ that you and I are part of. That's another conversation. But he was talking about the kingdom church, if you would, the church that, uh, Christ was offering. The word church just means assembly. In other words, you're not helping our work here as we're going about proclaiming the gospel, the kingdom, building the kingdom church. You're not helping us. And again, today we confuse the kingdom church with uh, the body of Christ that Paul preached. Two different things. Two different animals. Okay? Lesson for another day. Read, uh, Listen to my thoughts on Acts. I've kind of thrown some of that out there and um but he answered and said in 13 every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up leave them alone they're blind leaders of the blind and if the blind lead the blind both of them are going to fall in the ditch (laughs) all right and then we come down to verse number 15. in other words jesus didn't care what the religious leaders thought You know, and sometimes, I mean, that's the way it is with you and me. I I, I read an article a couple weeks ago that said somewhere upward of 70% of pastors in the United States are afraid of teaching on controversial issues lest they offend their congregations. You know what? If you've been in ministry so long and you haven't offended your congregation yet, there's something wrong there's something wrong. I was told a long time ago, if you ever fear them more than you fear God, you need to leave. You need to walk away. The job of a pastor is to break the Word of God to the people of God and let the chips fall where they may. Speak the truth you know it's just the problem today is we've bought into this lie of church growth and we got to get as many in as we possibly and Jesus didn't teach that matter of fact Jesus did not model that Jesus people walked away from him all the time he didn't run them down and go chasing them as a matter of fact he told the disciples here when they said don't you know they were offended what did he turn around and say let them alone they're blind They're leading the blind, and both of them are going to fall in the ditch. Jesus said, let them go. He didn't care that he had offended them by the truth. And you know what? I don't care. I mean, I'm not being rude, but if the truth offends you, I'm sorry. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And too many in the church don't want to teach the truth these little hot button issues that these 70% of pastors who were surveyed are afraid to teach on because they're afraid they're going to offend their congregations. I got news for you. If you're not offending your congregation, and I'm not saying purposely, but by breaking the word of God to them every Sunday, there's a problem and you need to check your heart and see why God's got what got you where you are. Because I can tell you from visiting college campuses that these kids are coming out of these churches and I can start naming off churches, I can start naming off pastors. They don't know their Bibles. They don't know their Bibles. I don't know if they've been locked up in the youth room for so long or if they, you know, just wasn't listening or if, you know, these pastors just are, are avoiding the controversial issues of our day. And I'm not saying preach a sermon on this sin, though it may be time to do that from time to time. But as you're teaching through the Word of God and the Bible deals with that issue, bam, I mean, you give it both barrels, just what the Word of God says. But the problem is most pastors aren't teaching through the Word of God today. They're just cherry-picking scriptures here and there and preaching in little series so they can cherry-pick what they want to teach and what they don't want to teach let me give you a clue. Just open up the Word of God, teach it by verse by verse, line by line, precept by precept, here a little, there a little, and see if the Word of God won't change your church. It'll change you because you'll start having to deal with subjects that you maybe in the past have not felt comfortable dealing with. The, the issues of money, you know, in your church, uh, the issues of sexual sin in your church. Um, the, the hot-button issues like euthanasia and uh, infanticide that are permeating our society today. You don't have to teach a sermon on infanticide. Just go back in the, in the Old Testament, and see how they offered their children to Molech and see, how, see what God had to say about that. It's easy enough to draw an application off of that to apply to today in our modern society. They didn't want their kids then. They just offered them to Molech. We don't want our kids today. We just go down to Planned Parenthood. Molech, same God. Just teach the Word of God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that people are offended by the truth, If they're offended by the truth like these guys here. Let them walk away. Let them walk away. Don't go chasing them down. Because, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I've told you it all. Let the chips fall where they may. God determines who's in your church or who's in your fellowship. Let him be the terminator, the determiner of that. You just preach the Word of God and be faithful. And then Peter answered and said in him in verse 15, declaring to us this parable. and Jesus is like,, uh, what parable? are you still without understanding? So I don't I don't know. I mean the Lord wasn't speaking in a parable here. Uh, the disciples were asking for an explanation about what had just happened. They obviously didn't understand what he was trying to say, or maybe they were overthinking it, or maybe they were looking for some kind of hidden meaning. And it's obvious Jesus was was shocked at their, their question, because he said, Are you also yet without understanding? I, I thought I broke that down pretty simple for you. <laughs> um, And and he said in verse 17, Do you not yet understand that whatever comes entereth into the mouth, goeth into the belly, and it goes out in the drought when you go to the bathroom? Whatever you eat is eventually going to be flushed out of the body. That's not what defiles a man. Eating food with unwashing hands is not what defiles a man. But those things that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and that is what defiles the man for out of the mouth proceed evil thoughts and murders and adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witness and blasphemies these are the things that defile a man but to eat with unwashed hands that wasn't that doesn't defile a man in other words it's the heart is where our defilement comes in and certainly i think what comes um, I guess Jesus here is talking about unwashing hands and keeping traditions over law but he's saying that that's not what's going to make you unclean what's going to make you unclean is what's ruminating around in your heart because your heart is where you're righteous with God um, matter of fact in Romans uh, let me go off script here uh, Romans 10 9 and 10 um, Paul said um, see um, I I hit the wrong thing Romans 10 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believes unto righteousness it's the heart that makes a man righteous the mouth and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, but the righteousness happens in the heart and what comes out of the mouth is a result of the righteousness that took place in the heart. So the Lord here is saying it's a heart problem that's going on here. It's not what's what's coming in from the outside, but a heart problem. Um, Let's see. Let's look, look at a few other things here. Uh, our Lord is simply stating that then, just as now, we tend to spend far too much time focused on the external instead of the internal. Um, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles the man from the outside. It's mm-hmm. that which comes out of the mouth from the inside that shows the defilement of the man. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. They are what defile the man. The bottom line is what we put in is what comes out. So we need to be careful what we allow in. Now we can't filter everything, but what does get through that filter is going to come out of the mouth but it's going to come from the heart. And that is an indicator of where a man is with the Lord. If the heart is defiled, if the heart is corrupt, it's going to come out through the mouth. You know, how many times have you had somebody still say something, say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, actually, maybe you just didn't mean to verbalize that. (laughs) But the Bible says those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Okay? You just let it escape. (laughs) So we need to be careful. And then in verse number 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now, lest we overlook uh, it in the context, our Lord just walked some 50 miles from Galilee to the area of Tyre and Sidon to encounter this woman. It was not an accident. These were Gentile cities. The Lord was going outside the boundaries of the bride land to get to this woman. It was a divine appointment. There is no such thing as a coincidence. It is all Christ' instance. You know, on another note, what I find here is I look at this woman, when he went thence and he departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, he saw the woman coming out of the coast. She says, have mercy on me, Lord, thou son of David. It's interesting to me that at the same time this woman is proclaiming exactly who Jesus is. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus' own countrymen are back there plotting his demise. And then in verse 23, And he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him and said, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now a lot of people really, they read over that. Jesus's ministry was to Israel. He was the long-awaited Jewish Messiah coming proclaiming, coming to proclaim that the kingdom was being offered to the Jewish nation. So he is telling her here, "I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel." Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat, it's not right for me to take the children's bread, which is the Jews, their bread, and cast it to the dogs.' And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now Jesus is not being cold or rude toward this woman. He is merely stating a fact. I did not come to minister to the Gentiles. I came to minister to the Jews. And the Jews actually referred to the Gentiles as dogs. And you'll see in verse number 26, it was a slur that was used against the Gentiles by the Jews. But Jesus, if you look in the context, and some translations translate it little dogs, almost as a term of endearment, not as a slur. Um, But the point is that Jesus did walk 50 miles to minister to this woman because he loved her I believe he purposely he knew where this woman was he walked 50 miles to get to this woman to show the lost sheep of the house of Israel that were in the process of rejecting him and yet the dogs were willing to eat just the scraps from the table the Gentiles It was an object lesson. We read no other reason than this why Jesus walked out to this area. He walked out to this area to minister to this woman, but he also walked out to this area to really cast a condemnation on the Jews who were plotting to kill him, and yet the little dogs were willing to just take the scraps that had fallen from the table that they had rejected. So he had a divine appointment with this woman, and he used it to make a point. So next time we'll get into verse 29, talk about some healings. We'll talk about the feeding of the 4,000. And then we'll get in chapter number 16. And the Jews are still looking for signs. And of course our Lord rebuked them for doing that. Listen, God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.